to Love in Action, a podcast study of Romans 12 produced by Autumn Ridge Women. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and I'm delighted to have you listen in on what I know is going to be a great discussion of three beautiful verses from Romans 12, verses 3 through 5. We're going to read today's verses in just a second, but I am so happy that joining me today to discuss them are Heather Henderson and Jennifer Burden. Both Heather and Jennifer are Autumn Ridge Women's podcast veterans, having been featured on the Psalms podcast last fall. Heather encouraged us with her insights into Psalm 139, and Jennifer helped us to explore healthy emotional expressions in the Psalms. Several of you told me how much you appreciated hearing from each of them, and so I am so glad that they're back with us for this series as well. Heather, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you, Svea. Thank you. It's so nice to be here and so fun to be here with Jennifer. Yes, I feel like I'm among girlfriends. I know. (laughs) Absolutely. What could be better? Yes. So last week, we covered the first two verses of Romans 12, the verses which serve as a crucial hinge point in Romans between the theology of the first 11 chapters of the book and then the rest of the book that's filled with practical insights into what it looks like to live in light of that theology what it looks like to live as God's dearly loved children, saved by his righteous mercy. Last week in those verses 1 and 2, we discussed that because of the mercies that God has shown to us, our only rational response is to offer our lives back to him and to seek to be transformed by him through renewing our minds in his truth, rather than letting the pressures and desires of the world shape us into its mold. So now with that foundation laid by those crucial verses, what comes next, what we're talking about today, is going to expand on that idea of what it looks like to live in a way that says to the world, I am loved by God and have been saved by his grace, and now I want my life to reflect that in a way that I think about myself and in how I think about my role in the world and how I relate to everyone else. I think that uh, as we discuss these verses, it'll be clear to, uh, to all of us that these are really highly practical insights from God's Word that have almost limitless potential to help us thrive as God's dearly loved daughters and to inform the way that we extend His grace and His love to others. So I can't think of a better way to start than to actually read the verses. Jennifer, do you want to read verses 3 through 5 for us? Sure. Okay, coming from the English Standard Version, it reads, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Thanks. So I think, you know, for this discussion, I envision that we'll just kind of talk our way through the verses and uh, and pull out both what Paul meant as he was writing them, but also engage in some good discussion over how they inform the way that we live today. Um, but let's just start right at the beginning. Paul starts off with, for by the grace given to me. Yeah, um, I don't know about for you, Jennifer, but these um, these verses are very personal. They're yes. very much about a self-evaluation yes. and how we treat other people, other mm-hmm. members of the same body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so historically, we're talking about Jews and Gentiles coming together under one 
roof, um, which creates a bit of tension. I mean, traditionally, they don't necessarily get along so well. And now they're being told they're equals. Um, And so this is this is a great place to start, I think, to talk about the very first line, which is for the by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, and this is Paul. Mm-hmm. This is Paul, who is a self-proclaimed chief among sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows, you know, he was righteous by the law mm-hmm. in his persecutions of Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his knowledge of the older books of the Bible um, and, and, and how he communicated those. And so he's coming to them saying, listen, I did it all right, but I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wrong. And I have accepted the grace given mm-hmm. to me by God. And so he's coming at this perspective of fully understanding who he is mm-hmm. in light of who God made him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's I a member of the diverse body of Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. And I imagine that he probably wrestled with that on both sides, where he both felt like he was probably the most qualified Jew there was with his credentials and his complete zealousness for following the the Jewish law. But then on the other hand, here he was this murderer of Mm -hmm. Christians, this Mm -hmm. persecutor of Christians before Jesus came and and took over his life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would imagine he could easily have wrestled with feeling like, you know, who am I to tell other Christians how to love Jesus when I used to be the one murdering Christians? So both ways, he could have either thought way too highly of himself, or he could have just flogged himself and felt like he had disqualified himself as a Christian. Mm -hmm. So he really needed to wrestle through that to think of himself, as the verse says, with sober judgment, but to think accurately of himself. Maybe let's talk about that just a little bit more about how grace is what helps us to think rightly about ourselves. Well, I think um, I was always raised to um, think about Paul as I could easily imagine him bringing my upbringing of how this the scripture was taught uh, and knowing about Paul, knowing seven languages and just he accomplished, he, he probably was a perfectionist mm. and he probably had, he was very driven and he was zealous and he was, probably had a huge ego. Yeah. <laughs> how can you do all that and not have a huge ego? Yeah. I'm the best of the best. He was driven. Um, he probably wouldn't have come to work at Mayo because he needed to be... <laughs> The top of the top of the top, um, which Mayo is, but uh, you know there's is a competitiveness probably in there, and um, given that, um, I think he also when he was knocked down and saw he was almost disabled. Mm. This man with all this potential and all of this acumen, he was disabled when he was knocked off the horse and he was blinded, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was probably a very humbling experience. Mm-hmm. So I imagine he did wrestle with, I, I was the best of the best, and I'm that driven kind of person. Uh, but I also was the best of the best of killing Christians and seeking out that they be brought down, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, his best of the best and probably his, uh, his ego that goes with it made him say, I got to be equally as good with spreading the gospel. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be just as driven, and God used that part of his identity 
to make him just as zealous. Okay, I messed up, but I have to be just as good Mm -hmm. as correcting my errors by spreading the gospel. Mm -hmm. But then he had to realize ego has no place in there. And he probably fought that a lot because he was still human. Sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, the gospel levels the playing field. Yes, it does. So now I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're on the same field together. Yes. There there are no big eyes and little U's in the gospel. Uh huh. The word literally or the word body, the word gospel or body. There are no big eyes and little U's. We may have different gifts, (laughs) which we'll get to. Yeah. But but we're all humbled by our need for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love the scriptures. Um, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, David said this. I am overwhelmed that you would call me friend. Mm. Like the, the son of God would give his life for me, mm-hmm. a wretch like me. Even if I have all of this ability and skill, I'm still dust, and you're dust, mm-hmm. and you're dust, mm-hmm. and we are. We all have to agree. We, we can be wretched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can, and mm-hmm. I think that um, it's that grace piece yes. that really helps us to understand the way that we view and treat other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I know for me, and I know we're going to talk about this in just a second, but um, you know, some of my biggest hurts have come from people within the church. Mm. Um, And that's, you know, and that's a terrible thing to say. I mean, church should be the place where you come and you're safe to be who you are. But Mm -hmm. those are, that's been the place where I have experienced judgment or being made to feel like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so when we, I think it's, and I think that that's a broken perspective mm. on my end, because number one, I've I've failed to see my identity in Christ. Mm. And number two, the people who've offended us also aren't fully understanding their identity in Christ mm. and maybe have a more inflated view. And maybe I have an inflated view of myself, too. I mean, I think we all kind of struggle with that, like you talked about, the, the ego mm-hmm. um, and the pride. Mm-hmm. So um, does, does having a, a right view of grace help you to process that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one who's greater than the other. We are we are the same. We are loved by God. It's grace that saves us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not our works. It's not the ideas we have. It's it's not how good we are at serving in ladies Bible study mm-hmm. or in children's ministry or who does the best podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to remember that um, we all matter equally mm-hmm. to God, uh, just like if we have children or if we have been a child in a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different gifts. They have different skills. But none of that is of their own. Mm-hmm. It's all in their DNA <laughs> yeah. and our experiences, what we've been exposed to and how we have been trained or gifted mm-hmm. and practiced. Um, but it ultimately, that DNA comes from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have different worldly abilities and ranks and assignments, but we're all a part. I'm going a little ahead. Is that okay, Svea? Sure, go for it. Of the same body. Mm-hmm. And so no one is more important and no one is less in the eyes of God. We all stand before 
God, at some point we will stand before God. And I think if we think about it on a daily basis, if we get up and we, I would say, kneel before God, naked of our titles, naked of our characteristics that we we put on like um, medals of honor, mm. mm-hmm. bare face before the Lord. We are his little child mm-hmm. made from dust. Mm-hmm. And we should say, Lord, how will you use me today? Um, and it's not about earthly honor or how man perceives it, but at the end of the day, have I been pleasing to you with whatever you have given me? Yeah. Well, and I think actually what you just said illumines kind of the the application of this verse beautifully. We, we covered the grace side of it, but the, the second half of verse four that ends in the ESV about that this is according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. The NIV says, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you, it is what God gives to us. And I, you know, I think the the scholars would say that this isn't necessarily that like he's giving different amounts to different people. Like some mm-hmm. people get a lot of faith and some people only get a tiny amount of faith, mm-hmm. but rather this idea that we're all held to that same standard of yeah. the way that God measures all of us. Yeah. And that's, have we responded to his gift of grace? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think practically a way that we can look at this um, in a way that we can really evaluate whether or not we're in a good spot uh-huh. <laughs> as far as viewing other members of the same body equally. Um, I'm wondering if anybody's ever had that experience where maybe you're a church and you're in the sanctuary and you see that one person who's raising their hands or is a little bit mm-hmm. more dancey. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the thoughts going through your head? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know that's not this isn't the place for that? Yeah. <laughs> or um, you know, what about the mom who brings in her her mm-hmm. baby who's crying? Mm-hmm. You know, through your mind, are you going, doesn't she know this is an appropriate place for children? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah. I think that those thoughts that we have about other people in our unguarded moments mm-hmm. are the things that will really expose to us the areas that we that we are maybe a little shallow in when it comes to viewing other people in the same body differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember <clears throat> growing up in the South uh, and <laughs> in the African American church, and they would talk about form and fashion. Hmm. Form and fashion is the clothes we put on. Do we wear all white to communion? Do we have a fancy Hmm. hat? Do we have a chapel cap, a little Mm -hmm. lace cap on top of our head? Mm -hmm. And uh, that baby better not cry when the pastor is speaking. Not all churches, but. um, And do we have our ducks in a row? Are we in order for the service? But that is not what God is looking at. Hmm. He is looking at the heart. So if we come all pious and ready for communion and we give a, uh, a mean, uh, menacing look at the lady whose baby is crying or whose little special needs child is making some awkward duck noises during, <laughs> during the service and this, she, that's not her. Yeah. You know, that, well, you have missed the boat. Yeah. Well, so let's go there. Let's talk more about what it looks like then to live appropriately in the way that we treat the body of Christ, because that's what verses four and five is all about. And this idea that we do all belong to this same body mm-hmm. and that we belong to each other. And in in light of the way that we have this accurate view of ourselves and others as those saved by grace mm-hmm. in, in God's um, beautiful righteousness, um, that's, that's how we should be treating each other. So yes. 
So let, let's talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. I think God has created this beautiful tapestry of gifts for mm-hmm. the members of his church, right? Uh-huh. We're members of this body and we all have these different gifts. Some of them are going to be more external. Uh-huh. You're going to notice them more. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to get more FaceTime. I sing, Rick preaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the other people who are kind of the internal organs of the mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. Um, who are working hard and keeping it alive. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that it's helpful to remember that while I may not see your gifts, they may not be as visible as other people's. I appreciate you as a member of the same body. Mm-hmm. And that your gift is equally important to our purpose. Mm -hmm. I think how we can remember that is to always look to Jesus, to look to Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. He gave us the blueprint for how to treat others. Mm. Uh, Who did he sit down and take time with? The lady who had multiple husbands or multiple (laughs) men. Uh, He sat and took time with her by the well. He found an excuse to take time with her asking Mm. for for water. Uh, He encouraged us to let the little children come to him. All the people who we would, oh, she's not, she shouldn't show up at church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He doesn't smell well. Mm. He's got sores on his body. She's bleeding all over the place. Mm. The children are crying and getting in the way. He showed us exactly how to to treat. And I think it was was purposeful, those specific people who others uh, would shun Mm -hmm. if we acted as a Pharisee. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. He did show Mm -hmm. equal value to every person that he met. Yeah. And look at the disciples. He picked different kinds. He picked the fishermen, a tax collector. He had (laughs) a relative and he had the physician. And they all had different purposes. Mm Yeah. Yeah. If someone doesn't uh, make the coffee at church, uh, I don't think some people would walk out and wouldn't sit and listen to the wonderful, passionate singing in the sermon. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they don't have their ca- well. Think caffeine. about the, even the facilities care people. Yes. I think these people play such an important role because the best thing is that you don't notice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but to think about if they didn't do their role and the things that we would notice. Yes. You know, if the bathrooms weren't clean, if yes. suddenly there's no paper towel. All the little things that they do to make the experience of not only ourselves, but newcomers an even better one. Yes. Mm -hmm. That they want to come in and be comfortable and then focus on the word and the message Mm -hmm. that is giving us. Now think about the body, the real body, the human body. Mm -hmm. We we notice the eyes, we notice the mouth, the nose, the hair, maybe the condition of the skin. Uh, But none of that would continue to be exposed and on display if the part of the body that got rid of the excreted, (laughs) (laughs) the poisonous substances Mm -hmm. in the junk Mm -hmm. was functioning. Mm -hmm. If that part that we never see, unless we are a physician who deals with that part of the, a gastroenterologist, (laughs) Uh if that didn't work, then all the rest would be six feet under. Yeah. Yeah. So if the person didn't make sure the pipes are working or clean the bathrooms or make sure we're stocked with toilet paper or turn on the heat. Mm -hmm. If those parts of the body weren't working, existing, and regulated, none of what we see out front would, would work. Yeah. No, I just, just even as we're sitting here talking about this, I feel kind of welled up with just 
awe of of the wisdom of these verses for us to recognize Mm -hmm. that we do all need each other. We need to all recognize that everyone in the body of Christ is equally valuable, is equally loved, is equally a recipient of God's grace and that we do all need each other. Mm -hmm. And and the wisdom in starting off with recognize this about ourselves first, let's all think rightly about ourselves, not too highly, also, you know, not demeaning what God has given to us. Not too lowly, yes. And to let that inform the way that we see everyone else in the body of Christ too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, we are all children of God. We are all precious in his sight. So from the pastor to the custodian, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, to the person who hands out flowers on Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. to the ones who rock the babies so that mother can get some good word Mm -hmm. and and fellowship with others. Um, How about Josiah sitting in here? Yes, I was thinking that. (laughs) Turning knobs. Yes. We could sit (laughs) Running our mics, making it possible. He's making sure this podcast happens today. We could have this message, but in this day and age, it would never get out to the masses that it could get out to if Josiah didn't come and turn and the knobs and the buttons and keep things Especially going. in this day and age, in this current Especially season. Especially in this current season. We only have a couple of minutes left, but I do want to ask you a question, Jennifer, because <laughs> when we started laying out the schedule for this series, you right away said that these were verses that were very dear to you <laughs> and, uh, and verses that have had an impact on you from the time you were a little girl. I wonder if you might just say a couple of words about why that is. Um, just bringing who I am to the table. Um, my... Half of my family uh, are is African American, and uh, as more recent as my uh, great grandmother was a slave, uh, my grandfather was a sharecropper, um, and and now I work at Mayo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my other side is Quaker, so my grandfather was a professor, and my grandmother was a teacher, uh, but they believed in everyone being equal, peace, nonviolence, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you mesh, the, mesh those in very humble living, mm-hmm. even though uh, they had means, humble living. So if you put those two together, I was uh, it was always emphasized in my home where my dad was a pastor and my mother was a great support to him, um, that none of us are greater than the other. And we would see, I would see the... In, in the inner city, a small town uh, in the south, I would see the local drunk come through. And he was drinking, obviously, because he had some problems he was trying to um, dismiss. Mm. And he would come and sing a song with heartfelt uh, meaning, a Christian song that he grew up with. Mm. Uh, and then I would see, you know, maybe a councilman uh, who would come and just be very uh, honorable to the church. And I'm not bigger than anyone here because we're all children in God's sight. Mm -hmm. So on Martin Luther King Day, which we happen to be recording this on, Mm -hmm. uh, that was Martin Luther King in his message. He was a a Baptist minister, Southern African-American Baptist minister. And his message was informed by the Bible. Uh, And in particular, this verse, my parents were related to, Dr. King would say his father taught him that if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper Mm -hmm. you can be. Uh, And then my parents would say, if you're going to be a teacher, be the best teacher you could be. 
if you're going to be a store clerk, be the best store clerk you can be. Doesn't matter where you are, you can always show the love of Christ. Mm. That is our biggest responsibility mm. before any other thing, showing the love of Christ in our home, with our children, in our elderly parents, with our siblings, mm. with our neighborhood, on our jobs, on the bus, mm -hmm. at the gas station. And the way we can do that is don't be dismissive, dismissive of people. Christ was never dismissive. Mm -hmm. In the middle of a crowd, he stopped to help the lady who was tugging at his, mm -hmm. the hem of his garment. Stop, let the children come to me. If Christ could do it, who am I not to follow his example? Mm -hmm. Like that is our one and only job mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> that God cares about. Yeah, to love the body. Showing the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Thank okay. you. Okay. That's, that's my teacher words. I'm sorry for saying that. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's great. No, and I wanted to hear you say that because I think it it, it informs where's where Paul's heart was too, as he was talking to a church that was wrestling through some of these same issues that we are in our culture today. And I'm excited as we proceed through this chapter to be able to find all of these different ways that these verses really are going to give us practical applications from not just what Paul meant, but how they inform the way that we live today and, and how our lives are impacted by that. Well, we have exhausted our time. We knew that uh, that it was not going to be hard to <laughs> fill the time that we had available. I thank you both for um, for sitting down and, and having this great discussion with me today. Um, those of you listening, remember that discussion questions on what we've talked about today are available for you at Autumn Ridge Church, uh, excuse me, autumnridge.church on the page for this episode, as well as a study worksheet for next week's verses if you would like to dig into that material ahead of time. Next week, we're going to be covering verses 6 through 8, which really build on what we've talked about today, and they'll expand on how we are to use the specific gifts that God has given us to serve the body of Christ. Until then, we hope that you will be encouraged to let these beautiful truths in Romans 12 renew your mind and draw you deeper into God's love as you put that love in action as the body of Christ. Yeah. <laughs>